0: And welcome to another edition of So Important. Our guest today is Mr. Gary Graff. He is a nationally acclaimed music critic and journalist. We are going to talk about the music industry. So, Gary, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: I'm all right, Bonnie. It's great to be with you. People don't realize there's history here. It's what now, uh, 40 years ago now at taylor Alderdice High School.
0: And you've done pretty
1: well for yourself feels impossible when you look at just how young and good we look now. Barry, I could not agree with you more. Now, let's jump right into it.
0: Why don't you tell folks a little bit about how you got to where you are today?
1: It was kind of a lucky confluence of interests. I've been a big music fan since I was a child. I had an older brother who was 11 and a half years older than me and a hippie. And he, he, he introduced me and indoctrinated me at a young age into the best music that was being made. The Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Sly and the Family Stone, Motown, you name it. And then as life went on and things like becoming a doctor or playing third base for the Pittsburgh Pirates, those dreams kind of went away. I always liked to write. I was a fourth grade writing geek at John Menadeo Elementary School, and it was just something I always did. So it was, again, the happy confluence. Two of the things I enjoyed doing the most.
0: How long have you been doing it now?
1: I have been doing it professionally since 1982, and then probably another four years, five, six years before that as a student journalist.
0: And you're clearly still
1: enjoying it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, you know, people do like to look at it and say, oh, man, what a cool job you have. And, you know, I do remind them that for every Radiohead or David Byrne or Barks or somebody like that, there is a Justin Bieber show to go cover or or something like that. So So every single night of this is not great. But, you know, when you balance them all out, for me, I couldn't ask for anything much better.
0: So you've seen the music industry evolve from a pretty unique perspective. And why don't we talk about that a little bit?
1: Well, it really is You know what we've seen in the music industry, like we've seen in so many of the arts industries, as well as the media, is just a seismic shift in the way it's run, in the way people consume music, in the way they regard music, in the way it fits in their lives. One of the things I marvel at the most, Monty, is there's probably more music in people's lives than there's ever been before, but less attachment from those people to the people who make music. And what I mean is I remember growing up at a time where you had your favorite band, you lived and died with what they did, you, whatever they, as soon as they came out with new music, you wanted it, you wanted albums, you know, a full album, you wanted to immerse yourself in that band, and that's, and you were happy to buy their product, you were happy to to support the band, or the artist, and it's not that way anymore, and, you know, when the internet came along, when MP3 came along, and file sharing, and services like Napster, we started to get an attitude that that we don't need to pay for music anymore, and we should we should only get the music that we want. And by that I mean, I think about when I was 16 or 17, and Yes came out with an album, or Deep Purple. I wanted the whole album. I wanted to hear everything these guys were up to. And a new way of thinking is you just want the song you want, you know, or maybe a couple songs, and then they'll move on to another artist. So you don't have that loyalty factor anymore to the artist or the band. You don't have that identification that people feel with the musician they love anymore. And that has created its own domino effect within the music industry. Oh, and I should add, I should go back a second and add that they also don't necessarily think they need to be buying it. In fact, they expect to get it for free. The The industry had to com- has to completely pivot to work with that mindset and to serve that o- that audience that's not looking to buy the new album. Where are the revenue streams going to come from? Where is the creative philosophy? Now, what is it that they're creating as musicians and artists anymore? It's huge. The whole way we were consuming it and looking at it is just completely, completely different from the model that was developed during in popular music, especially during the 60s, 70s, 80s and
0: 90s. An argument could be made, though, that all these new methods of distribution can actually help the artists get their music out there.
1: Yeah, that, that's a very provocative issue because, it, yes, there's more music and more ways for that music to get out and more ways for people to discover music than ever, but you, you reach a saturation point with your options. There's only so much time and so much music out there that I, that I actually think people are going back to some of the tried and true ways of being exposed to music. Listeners, I think, are starting to try to limit their option now instead of just going for broad-based exploration. You know, they're really trying to find just a few, maybe even just a couple, maybe even just one reliable source. And this is, wh- this is what I'm going to lock into to find me my music.
0: Do you think that the music has become more homogenized now and that there's pressure on the artists to kind of conform into a certain mold? Or do you think that there are still opportunities for artists to really explore and be themselves?
1: if you like good organic artistry you're going to find it out there and you're going to actually going to find it in abundance because these do it yourself these DIY artists who are using the new technology and the new the new services to get their music out there their aesthetic is much more organic now in the big you know the big labels yes everybody wants an Ariana Grande everybody wants a Demi Lovato and so there is a mold there a production mold a sonic mold that the big record labels want it to fall into but at the same time you're seeing reaction to that and reaction against that and even a band like Imagine Dragons which is a highly highly produced band approaches their music in a much more organic songwriter oriented fashion than these pop stars we're talking about so mm. that was a long way of saying it's all over the place and you can find just about anything you want out there and anything to fit your own taste and aesthetic and music is out there you just have to find the trusted source to help take you there
0: you're saying that the artist's are there, you just maybe have to work a little harder to find
1: them. Yeah, it's interesting and, and and also interesting to see where you go. For instance, if somebody was a fan of rock music, especially in like the 70s and 80s, I send them to country now. It's a country radio because they'll like Chris Stapleton and they'll like Dirk Bentley and they'll like the Brothers Osborne, you know, and Wild Feathers and these Nashville industry bands that are making what what we would have called rock and roll music 30 40 years ago. It really is the Wild West, and it's it's completely open.
0: So where do we go from here?
1: I'd like to see us get back to a point where people buy music again, not just subscribe to services, but buy music, because I think that I, we need to we need to fund the arts all across the board, not just music. But I think people need to demonstrate that they value music that much, and I think if you demonstrate that value, we wind up getting better music. So somehow the industry has to figure out a way to invest people in the music again enough to where where they want to spend more time with it and they and they want to spend a little money on it. They do in the live sector. You know, people are going to see live performances and that that's been a great thing to to watch happen again. But I'd like to see that now expand to the recording world.
0: Do you think that can happen?
1: I think it can. I think, you know, it's tough revolutions take a long time and even though the current revolution we're talking about with the digital age seemed to happen very quickly. That that took a little longer than everybody thinks it did. I think it can happen. It's a matter of finding music that people, you know, really want to immerse themselves in and artists and performers and bands that they want to, that they want to value like they valued all the great bands from 30, 40, 50 years ago.
0: Gary, what do you like to listen to?
1: Well, mostly because of what I do. It's a lot of what I have to do, but, you know, and so, you know, Imagine Dragons is playing in town, big concert. You have to, You have to go see them. Kendrick Lamar, now as I said before, it's not all bad. You know, some of these artists are very good. Some of them are at the very least entertaining. You know, I go early enough to see all the opening acts because that's where you want to discover something. I want to see who's next. I remember seeing the Killers early on in their career and saying, you know, that band's going to do something. You know, there, there's something going on there. We have a band up here in Michigan now called The Warren Treaty, which is going to put out their first national album. It's a husband-wife-couple they come from some of the gospel r and b world, and they blow the roof off wherever they play, whether it's a club or a theater or an arena. You know that's what I'm looking for the discovery who who haven't I heard before within the context of what do I have to go in here? I've been able to catch you most of what went on to become something, whether it was the red hot chili peppers back in the day or Pearl Jam or I remember seeing Nirvana in a little club in Ann Arbor, you know, even Radiohead when they were opening their first tours in the United States. And some you don't always call them to be as big as they became, but you know, it is nice to think back and say, I remember when and I remember I remember that little place, that dive I saw these guys guys
0: in. you know way back when i saw cheap trick in pittsburgh for a dollar two you just knew they were going to be huge
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you you see that. I remember, you know, I mean, I remember when he was John Cougar opening for Hart and he blew them off the stage and everybody, you know, everybody who left, including half the crowd who left during Hart, you know, pretty much said, this guy's going to happen. And sure enough, he did.
0: So what would you tell an aspiring artist who is absolutely determined to make a go of this and to get their music out there?
1: Study your math and science better and become an engineer. (laughs) No, I mean, the the one thing i and writing i this is a, the same thing i tell a lot of journalism students now and writing students is you better love it because it these are businesses that will eat you alive if you let them they're very hard they're very difficult the breaks are out there but you you have to work for them and hope that they that they surface and it better be something you really really love doing to the point you can't imagine living without doing it and it has it has to be that strong or like i said it it'll eat you alive you you know, you just won't last. But I think that because of all the mechanisms you and I spoke about in the avenues and the outlets, it's almost easier for young musicians to make that decision now to say, okay, I see a path where I can at least try. This is what I do. This is what I love to do. I can't live without doing this. And here's how I can do it now.
0: Great words. And I hope some of those young musicians are listening. Gary, any final thoughts?
1: Please support arts, all arts, cinema arts, theater arts, that musical arts, all of it. Support it, pay for it, buy albums, buy singles, down, whether you're downloading them or picking them up in a in a record shop. And I don't need to go into a we don't have time for me to go into a whole dissertation about how healthy arts you know make for a healthy society. It does, and anything we can do as consumers and patrons of those arts will benefit our society in the long run.
0: Gary, you have a unique perspective. It was great to hear what you had to say, and thank you for spending time with me.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure.
0: Gary, the pleasure was all mine. And I hope people are enjoying the concept of the show. I know a lot of people tune in to hear a particular guest talking about a particular topic. Fantastic. And I hope you'll stay with us, though, and hear some of the other great guests that we have lined up. That's the idea of the show. It's a chance to hear from many different people about something really interesting, and I hope you're going to be part of the journey. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Have a great day.